as Chinese day trippers and travelers took some 56 million trips this past Saturday and over a million people visited tourist destinations in Beijing for the May Day holiday, travel's on the mind. So to get an update on a more international U.S.-China travel, we're on the line with our Vice President for China Operations, Matt Margulies. From the U.S.-China Business Council in Washington, D.C., I'm Ian Hutchinson, and this is the China Business Minute. Matt Margulies is our Vice President for China Operations. All right, so we understand that there may be some small updates to the the travel situation. Is that right? Hey, Ian, you're right. There's been some small changes recently. Just for a bit of quick background first, I think most of us are aware by now of the difficulties regarding travel between the U.S. and China during the COVID era. It's obviously been a major challenge and an ongoing challenge for American company executives and working level staff attempting to enter China and also to return home for expatriates without being shut out once again upon subsequent return to China. This has been especially true since China closed its borders in March last year, which of course followed China's COVID stabilization and the U.S. government order requiring 14 days in a third country before entering the U.S. for foreigners coming from China. Today, questions continue to arise for us in our conversations with members regarding approvals of foreign vaccines in China, recognition of vaccinated individuals by corresponding border and immigration authorities, the impact of getting vaccinated on obtaining a visa and a green health code for travel to China, and whether or not being vaccinated could unlock quarantine-less travel. Okay, so thanks for that background. Um, so then what's, what's new nowadays? So despite these long-standing challenges, we started to see the slightest of glimmers of opportunity on the horizon with a few recent announcements that could hopefully start the process of broader loosening of travel rules for individuals moving between the U.S. and China. First, as we noted in previous podcasts, China started easing the process for foreigners returning to China if they've been inoculated with the Chinese-produced vaccines. While Chinese vaccines are not approved or sold in the U.S., this theoretically still helps foreigners, including Americans that are in China and have been inoculated by the Chinese vaccines here, with an easier time returning to China if they travel to their home countries for a period of time. Second, an important recent announcement on April 27th The Biden administration announced that as of August 1st, the United States will ease COVID travel restrictions on Chinese students so they can resume in-person study at American universities in the fall. The U.S. State Department decided that students from China, among other countries, could qualify for a national interest exemption, an NIE, that would override presidential proclamations made during the Trump presidency that required the 14-day transit through a third country. Third, just a few days later, on April 30th, the U.S. Embassy in Beijing announced at a press conference that visa processing for Chinese students would resume in Beijing on Tuesday, May 4th. The embassy also noted that they would have the ability to conduct up to 2,000 student visa appointments per day. Prior to this announcement, of course, student visa processing and many other types of visas were largely not available at all through the entire U.S. mission to China. And instead, what you had happening was a lot of Chinese students transiting and staying in Singapore for a number of days in order to get their U.S. visa approved in Singapore for a study in the U.S. That sounds positive, though. I mean, that doesn't really solve challenges for businesses yet, right? That's true. The problem for businesses and business travelers is not yet solved. But what we do know is that in addition to the science-based COVID travel restrictions for safety purposes, there is possibly an element of politics or reciprocity when it comes to travel rules between countries. USCBC conversations in China indicate that the Chinese government is hoping for loosening of travel restrictions to happen 
on a bilateral basis and be based on reciprocity. And given the mutual benefits to both the U.S. and China of student exchanges and travel, making it easier for student travel could be viewed as an important first step. So we are hoping that the State Department's decision on Chinese student travelers is well received by Chinese authorities, and we're cautiously optimistic that this could start a process for both sides to build on goodwill offered by the other side that leads to restoration of business travel and a more predictable and convenient process down the line. That would certainly be welcome. <laughs> so what do you expect to happen next then? Well, it's a good question. If we view the travel situation through the lens of reciprocity, perhaps the Chinese government decides to reciprocate by making the process for American students traveling to China a bit easier. A logical next step after that could be facilitating business-specific travel for U.S. and Chinese travelers. It's not clear that will happen yet, but there are rumors business travel is next on the watch list. I know I'm personally keeping my fingers crossed for that eventuality. Sounds good. We're hoping so too. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Ian. See you next time. Again, Matt Margulies is our Vice President for China Operations. The China Business Minute is a production of the U.S. China Business Council, and you can always learn more about the work that we do on our website, uschina.org. If you like the show, please leave us a rating and review. It will always help other people find it. And as always, thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week.